Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here today with my co-host, Diego. Hi, everyone. And today, our guest is Mark from Minneapolis. Is that right? That is right. Oh, hi, Mark. I do. All right, so you moved here straight from Minneapolis? No. I left Minneapolis around 2007. I followed my now ex's career with H&M, first to Chicago, then to New York, and then to here. And just to get it out of the way, the shocking reveal is I actually was a year exchange student here as a teenager, although not in Stockholm, um, outside of Linköping. Oh, so I have wow. a slightly longer history. So did you choose to come to Sweden or did you just want to be an exchange student and you got assigned Sweden? Or is it just like a whole Minneapolis thing? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a huge Swedish-American community, yes. although a lot of them came in the 1800s, so it's not like super <laughs> fresh off the boat, they so like to speak. Those roots, though, they I think. do, they do, they do. But um, I don't have any Swedish background or Scandinavian background. Um, what ended up happening is I was interested in being an exchange student. I was interested in France because I had studied French and have French background. But um, it ended up happening that I met a couple Swedish foreign exchange students my last year of high school, and we became good friends. And I half jokingly said to my friend Eric, like, "Oh, hey, I'm just going to come live with your family next year because I don't think I'm going to go to college." I was half kidding. And he was like, oh, well, our apartment in Stockholm's a little too small <laughs> for anybody to move in. But my cousin Arvid, uh, the other exchange student, they've got a big house. You could probably live there. And so I unwittingly set this series of things into motion where suddenly I was like, not suddenly, it was months later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. In retrospect, suddenly I was on a plane like, you know, what am I doing? So, so I ended cool. up living. Yeah. You never know where you're going to end up. But yeah. You didn't I... know you'd end up here in Sweden, did no. you? I didn't. Well, I mean, but I wasn't going to Linge. It was outside well, no. Linge shipping. shipping, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like how how was that like? Was it like a suburb of Linköping? No, so as, as total luck would have it, it was kind of this big mansion from I think 1796, wow. um, right by this church called Vreta Kloster, which is like famous for being famous in air quotes for being the first <laughs> Catholic nunnery in Sweden, starting in like the 10th century, I think. Uh, so it was like the house was where the priest from the church lived. Yes, mm-hmm. and so it mm-hmm. lines up with the church, but was about maybe. 500 meters from it. Um, really cool place, horse farm on Yota Canal. So I, we pulled wow. up. I also didn't ask a lot of questions because I was fundamentally incurious. And so we pulled up to the house and I was like, oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you didn't know how it looked. You, you just know uh, it was a house. Yeah, I just, I don't know why I didn't ask those questions. I knew it was some house. Cool. I knew it was yeah. big enough for me to live in. Yeah. I didn't think too far. You know, I was a teenager. You were 16? <laughs> yeah, I was like 17, 18. Because it was after high school. Okay, okay. It was kind of like, uh, what am I going to do after college? And you just want to play it off like, oh yeah, all the houses in my town are like this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a shock, but a good one. Can you remember from that far back any of your first impressions of Sweden? The first impression that I remember really quite clearly was on the car ride home from the airport. So, you know, it's probably about a two, two and a half hour drive from the airport to Linköping. And I remember looking out the window and thinking, did the plane just make a massive loop and land back in Minnesota? Because it just looks like I'm maybe like in slightly northern Minnesota, just like woods and lakes. And so, I mean, which is beautiful, but it wasn't exactly like a shocking, you know, landscape to me. So that was my first impression, and it wasn't a bad impression. Unlike some other people I know who've come here, I had friends visit that year, and I remember about three days into a visit, a friend was like, he looked at me really seriously, and he's like, where where are all the mountains? And I was kind of like, like, oh, well, you know, there's some up north, and then about an hour later, I'm like, he thought he was coming to Switzerland this whole time. 
<laughs> so I knew the difference at least. But um, yeah, so that was my first impression. It was a neutral impression. But you know, I was also like, it was the first time I'd experienced major jet lag, and you know, oh. I think I didn't mm. sleep for like a week before hanging out with all my friends in Minneapolis. So I wasn't in the best state to have cogent observations. Then. Yeah. But what you said in his knee shopping. Um, lean shopping. Oh, lean shopping. Yeah, okay. yeah, one of the many shoppings. Yeah. 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 <laughs> was Sid, maybe, I mean, I don't know if you want to say this on air. When I came here, I was with some exchange students from the US. Uh-huh. So I was 25 and they were in their 20s as well. Mm-hmm. And some of them were 20 or 19. And in the US, you cannot drink. Mm. So was that like, like, did you drink when you came here? You were like, wow, here people can drink. So at 17, people drink here. You like, know, if you're a cop, you have to tell me. Right? <laughs> I'm not a cop. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to um, get you for... Statute of limitations. <laughs> 13 years ago. <laughs> hey, man, all bets are off these days. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that obviously was a difference. Um, and I, I did. I wouldn't say I went crazy or anything. But, I mean, it was just more embedded in the teenage culture mm-hmm. here. And that was... That was actually the hard part for me to like adjust to. I remember going to a party and maybe like one one of my early parties and maybe having a little bit too much to drink and not being well. I'll put it that way, <laughs> and um, you know feeling like I was going to be in really big trouble or something. And everyone was just kind of like, ah, and like you know, and no, it was just a non-event. And that was really shocking to me that it just was a non-event if you can be shocked by nothing happening i don't know but yeah so it it was an adjustment that it was okay Okay. um and i'm i for whatever reason i think found the log amount to drink Mm -hmm. at the time it wasn't the people i was with just weren't like chasing it that much no but i don't think and that's the thing i don't think in people in europe do that yeah. That much just because there's no since there's no res- restriction, yeah. you don't really feel. I mean, you do it, but then you, if you get really drunk one day, you realize like, okay, I shouldn't drink that much. Yeah, and that's it. You it's kind of normalized. Here. It's the same. And then, well, in Mexico or in the US, they have to have this limit. You know, after 21, mm-hmm. and then you go super crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like there's more to that. But I, I felt like also you were only with sweets. Right. Well, yeah. Since I didn't really mm-hmm. come with a program, exactly. But um, so I kind of like nowadays I sort of call myself a fake foreign exchange student because I sort of was yeah. one. But I did go to some Swedish classes with other exchange students. So I ended up befriending mm-hmm. people from other countries that were other exchange students, like that I'm still in touch with. A lot of them, a guy from Germany, a, a woman from Hong Kong, Belgium. I just now I'm just listing places. But so there was a slightly <laughs> there was a slightly diverse crowd and we mm. hung out a lot it was one of my groups of friends mm. but I mean they were not they didn't have the same experience with alcohol I don't think yeah I don't really remember a lot of drinking occurring in that group no. at all I feel like we were just constantly sitting at coffee shops right. yeah. talking mm-hmm. yeah that's my that's my memory <laughs> like which coffee shop are we going to go sit in today <laughs> So when you came to Sweden, did you make any like major cultural mistakes or language mistakes? Well, you know, it's so tricky when you work so hard to repress all your embarrassing memories. <laughs> um, I should have talked to my therapist before this interview. <laughs> pull, this pull is therapy. Out of me. Okay, okay. <laughs> You know, it is like I had a lot of those. I probably had a lot more of those as like a teenager than when I came back. And I knew a lot of the like things that people sort of trip over that are kind of common knowledge when you live here or kind of cultural practice. Um, Like things that are obvious that you're told, like, take your shoes off when you go into someone's house, which is shocking to a lot of Americans. You're like, what? Take my (laughs) shoes off. Mm -hmm. But it's really just, I mean, I didn't 
think twice about it because I learned already. But when I was a teenager, you know, I didn't always know that or I would like sometimes leave my coat on because I was lazy. And apparently that's like a big cultural signal that like you're not really staying. Or maybe these were just the people I was with. I don't know. Sometimes you sort of can inflate things that are just what somebody thinks and be like, well, that's what Swedish people think. So those are always a little hard to disentangle. But I remember one time it was a very big controversial thing that I like didn't take my coat off when I went into someone's house just because I don't know why. I think I was just a dumb teenager. I think I never heard of that. Uh, I mean, I mean, it makes sense now you mention it, but I never heard that being a thing. And just because I think, I mean, you're pretty warm inside. Yeah, because so most people naturally do. So I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking yeah. the same thing. Like, yeah, I would think yeah. you're probably leaving in the next five minutes if you kept your coat on at my house. But on the flip side, I do know that teenagers love to keep their coats and hoodies on. So mm-hmm. I kind of get that. I think it was that. I think it was that kind of thing. It wasn't like thought out, and it's not like I walked into the house with like a coat strategy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a minor thing, but I just remember for some reason that being like a a revelation to me that like a thing that just I wouldn't even consider would have an impact on anybody. Um, But I think one of the things that as an adult really, really, really struck me here, and I know my ex uh, when she moved here with when we moved here together, it was a big shock for her too. Uh, she's also American, um, and we had moved here from New York, was the way people here, not everybody, of course, but I would say on average, don't navigate shared spaces very effectively or efficiently, like the subway. Um, just a, just like a, there's, I think there's a little bit of, oh man, now I'm already like seeing myself getting in hot water. <laughs> I've seen examples. I'll just say that of people like really putting blinders on and not having like a spatial awareness or an interpersonal awareness of other people in situations and just like, just like not getting out of the way of people that are clearly going here or there or just standing in the way. I would say, mm-hmm. of course that happens everywhere, but like in New York, if that happens, you're going to hear about it within 0.3 seconds. So you learn. <laughs> not to do that really fast but here you know and I'm from Minnesota so like I get it but there's there's definitely a non-confrontational approach or lack of approach so if you're standing in the way like people aren't going to say anything they're just going to like quietly suffer and go around you and you never really learn and so I think there's just maybe more people that are standing in the way and not being politely told hey could you uh I think it's it goes back to that whole Swedes hate conflict I, so they often yeah. won't say something and they'll just be very passive aggressive totally as they agree. kind of push past you or just we, leave a leave a post-it on your back yeah <laughs> you're like yeah. you come home and it's you see all the post-its but I do want to ask you since you're from uh how do you feel about the win- winters here yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They're not as cold as what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I hear it's pretty bad there. I've never yeah. understood why Swedish settlers would settle in Minnesota when it's basically, like, just as cold and uninviting as <laughs> where they came from. <laughs> like, what, wouldn't they want Florida? Or? Yeah. But I think they didn't have Florida. You guys didn't back, have Florida back then. I think that was part of Spain still. But you, you, I just wanted to hear that because this is one of my biggest... I don't know. It's not a pet peeve, but it's a it's a trauma thing that people think like, oh, it's so cold, and I'm like, it's not that it's not cold. That bad. No, I mean, it's there's a lot of other places, even in Europe, that are worse, windier, yeah. rainier. I'm talking about Stockholm mm-hmm. specifically, yeah, or East course. Coast, um, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. South East Coast, Sweden. So I just wanted to hear that. To yeah. make, every episode, I'm going to talk about this. To have like a little <laughs> Yeah. And this means that we're going to have one of those winters then where it goes like below 20 just so we can go, ah! 
I've been here 10 years. It's been one year that, I has, that has happened for a month. And it was the first year. Yeah, I heard about that winter, actually, about 10 years ago. Um, yeah. That was before my time. But, yeah, I can tell this is an issue close to your heart. And, yeah, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly the case. Like, it's not that bad, I don't think, especially compared to Minneapolis, which is colder. Um, the climate, you know, is different now in Minnesota. It's not as predictably cold and snowy as it was when I was a kid, where it would snow in October, November, and be on the ground till, you know, April, May, and it would never go away. Now some years, there's like open water on the lakes at Christmas time, and that's really different. Yeah. I mean, I hate to bring it down, but, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, other years, it's, you know, negative, like, 30. I think, I wasn't there, but I think this last year it was negative 40 in Minnesota Ooh. one day. We're talking Celsius, right? Celsius, yeah. 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 So, that's super extreme mm-hmm. and I, I definitely have memories of you know waiting for the bus and it's like too cold to breathe mm-hmm. as it's like actually that cold and that just doesn't really happen here no. and then it's also hotter in summer you know it's maybe not as hot as like you know Florida <laughs> but it's hotter and humid so I'm just used to like more temperature extremes so the winter it's not like I love it although no city wears snow better than Stockholm. It looks mm-hmm. so beautiful when it snows here, mm-hmm. like more than anywhere else I've been. Um, so I do love that. The darkness is tough. Yeah. And when it doesn't snow, like the irony is that it's actually darker and harder to take. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like you kind of want snow in winter yeah. here, I think. Yeah. But you, you don't keep your coat indoors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I learned my lesson. I was going to ask about something that maybe none of you have tried. Did I mention it in another episode, the Krops Kokar? Cake? Body cakes? Yeah. Those are like the potato dumplings, and they have like a filling with like, you can make them, I don't know if it's always, but I've had them with a mushroom. Yeah. In, that's very Swinglish. I don't think I've had this. No? Well, you, you can buy them in the supermarket if you, if you want. They're, I think they're Body from Erland. Yeah, Krops Coca. Yeah, they're like little potato dumplings, is maybe mm-hmm. a slightly less horrifying way. <laughs> yeah. So I, was, I went to Blecking uh, this summer, um. and they have a version of these mm-hmm. potato dumplings. I bought Inika some, used to try them before. But I didn't read the ingredients, and they sell them just next to the pancakes. It's uh. just like the pancake thing, and then you have this. Yeah. And they look like... You know, circular-shaped muffin thing. So I cooked it, and then I took a bite, and it was not filled with mushrooms. It was filled with um, meat. But I didn't know that. Uh. I thought it was sweet. Uh. That was like the worst worst culinary experience. Because it's also the it's grinded meat. It's it's um, yeah. yeah, It's like like a patty, like a hamburger Mm. patty meat. It was terrible. This goes back to my whole thing. Why do they call certain things here cake when it is not a dessert? Like that (laughs) horrible, you know, the one that I hate the most, the uh, smorgos torta Uh -uh. with a shrimp. No, no. (laughs) Desserts or anything with the word cake should not have. Yeah, shrimp on it. False or, or yeah. ground meat. No, yeah, Especially that's... inside heathen next to the pancakes. Like, <laughs> I added maple syrup to these things. That's how bad this wow. experience was for me. You could wow. have discovered a new kind of dish. No, you know. it, was, it was bad. <laughs> oh, I have to bring up, I finally went to my first crawfish party mm. in Sweden. So it's like a huge thing here in August that people do these crawfish parties. And I always see the decorations everywhere. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I never been so i finally got invited just a small group of people were responsible like that and what i didn't realize was that 
it's kind of like Midsummer because they sing songs mm-hmm. and drink schnapps. I had no idea. I just thought it was about the crawfish, which is always, to me, funny because crawfish is cheap and plentiful in Texas. And over here, it costs a ton of money and you buy it frozen, which makes no sense mm-hmm. at all. But um, I was telling somebody that I was going and she said, oh, yeah, well, get get ready. They drink a lot. And I'm like, oh, well, should I bring beer or wine? And she's like, no, no, it's just like Midsummer, except it's crawfish instead of pickled herring. <laughs> oh, and she was right. They did sing songs and you drink didn't sing any? I did. I sang Deep in the Heart of Texas. <laughs> mm, I guess you're from Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it was just a random <laughs> song. <laughs> So that was interesting. I thought it was nice, and they did not force us to eat the crawfish. Mm. So my husband made a Vesterbotten pie, which Ooh. is a really good cheese pie if you yes. haven't had it. That is a good Swedish specialty. I like that. Yeah. And this is, I'll give that one an exception, even though it's called a pie, and it's not <laughs> right. a dessert. It's a yeah. meal. It's okay. I accept that. People, as long as I'm warned. Did people finish the... The crawfish? Yeah. No. No? Which because, is hilarious. But be- that's... Every single time I've been to, have you been to any crefuivas? No. Yeah, I actually went to one, and it's sort of a confession from a vegetarian. But I helped Mm -hmm. capture some crawfish. Mm. We say crayfish in Minnesota. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I I, I I think it's regional. It's It's crayfish in Minnesota. So I I think my brain needs to stick with that. No offense. (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Um, So yeah, there's a stream that runs through. It's at the place where I was an exchange student. Ah. Um, okay. And there's a stream that runs through, and there's plentiful crawfish. Now I'm saying crawfish. Oh, no. So they were gonna they were gonna capture them anyway. So I helped throw some of the traps in just for the experience, in case anybody ever asked me about it on a podcast someday. Um, <laughs> I figured so, you were yeah. thinking ahead. But it's interesting when you capture them and they're not frozen, because you know, I mean, you really realize they're these like water insects and you put them they had like buckets and they were just crawling all over each other yep. and you could hear the little like clickety click of their like claws on each other and they like attack each other and the th- it's just Ooh. like oh man like I don't know <laughs> just the whole experience was kind of like um yeah this is not for me but you know I'll, I'll have a shot of alcohol. but it was an experience it was an so, experience yeah. and it was a fun time it was with friends and I, I knew that I wasn't gonna eat the crawfish or probably particularly enjoy hanging out with them but um, the, the crawfish, not the friends. <laughs> um, it, it was fun. Yeah. So, but then they ate those of the mm-hmm. part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So That's they were you're to... supposed to eat them. They're supposed to be fresh, yeah, so and that, then you yeah. boil them. But here, where, where are we gonna fish here in Stockholm? Yeah, they're yeah. in the unique privileged position mm-hmm. of like this stream running through their property where they're plentiful. So, because yeah. I mean, I guess they were like saying, "Oh, we could sell these for five hundred crowns a kilo mm-hmm. in Ostermalm or what?" I don't know if those yeah. were there, but it was something like that. Yeah. But of course, they were just. It wasn't a commercial endeavor. It was just, you know, because they had them and it was a craft weaver, you know? Yeah. But maybe that was the exception that if you fish them, maybe you finish them. Because every single one, they never finish them. Like, it's always, there's always so many leftovers because no one can eat that many. So the new thing that we're going to try to do this season is to have a spotlight on Swedish towns or other Swedish places than Stockholm because we talk about Stockholm so much. Mm-hmm. So... Do you have, Mark, any Swedish town you would like to put a spotlight on? Maybe your your exchange town or or anywhere else that you've really enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, that's a 
Great question. I mean, I have a few different ways I could answer it. Um, so I did get a chance to travel around this summer to places I'd never been, down in Ostilian and places like Ustad, which was really cool, um, I thought. I was going to give a shout out where I lived because that, um, like I said, it's outside of Linköping and it's called Vreta Kloster. And it is like this really cool historic place, like thousand year old historic place or certainly more than that, but in terms of its Christian history. And they just found the other day, like, I don't know if it's hundreds or thousands of, I think it's hundreds of skeletons from about a thousand years ago, like right around the place where I like used to wait for the bus to go into town. Mm, um, they were suspicious. doing, they were going to build, <laughs> well, they're thousands of years old, so it was before 1997. Right. Um, I've got an alibi. Uh, I was negative, you know, <laughs> 960 years old or whatever. So but, you um, say. <laughs> but it's really an interesting archaeological find, apparently. I don't know anything about it, so I probably shouldn't have mentioned that in terms of, like, I can't share that much about it, but they're saying it's from, like, pre-Christian times, and some of the skeletons are, like, very, like, large people. Um, mm. So they, like, think because they were large, they are probably well-fed, so they were probably, like royalty or like leaders that'd be interesting it's, they're to calling it like the find then. of the decade yeah and so it just was what's the, other the name day. again Vreta Kloster okay and it's right outside of Linköping on near this town called Berry which is also interesting in a sense at least to German tourists because there's I don't know 15 16 locks from the Yota Canal that go down mm -hmm. to to yeah. the lake so it's like this like really steep descent and locks and if you go in summer you just see like people standing there watching boats go through it's like no, but it's I interesting. I mean, it's a little, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like watching paint dry interesting after a few minutes <laughs> to me. But, but I mean, it's like, it's pleasant enough to stand by the water and watch the locks fill or whatever. So it's, it's a pretty area out there, like beautiful, like sort of rural fields. A famous resident I found out last time I was there lives right in the area. Anders Tegnell. Mm. Ah, right. all right. Yeah, yeah so he's, he, it's good <laughs> our, enough our for him guy. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, I don't know, it's a, it's a cool area. So I think we'll wrap it up, but if you have any tips, do you have any tips on things you like to do, restaurants, what we can do when there's nothing to do? Yeah, one of my struggles here when I moved here was finding good pizza and coming to terms with Swedish pizza, which I have. And I don't know, I, I actually <laughs> I actually don't mind like the, you know, sort of, let's say, local neighborhood pizzeria place. Why but, don't you explain, just for people who don't live in Sweden, what you mean by Swedish pizza? Swedish pizza is an, an extremely, extremely thin and some would argue undercooked thing that you eat on your own that is, I would not say never, but I would say 99.9% .9 of the time not sliced because even if it was sliced, you wouldn't be able to pick it up because there's no structure to the crust. And Swedish people often, since it's not sliced, cut it when it arrives. And I have seen in many contexts, different occasions, Swedish people cutting it with scissors oh, and I've yes. even said that's ridiculous you know pizza cutters exist I'm not like some American imperialist here I'm all about you know all in favor of cultural <laughs> difference but it's like pizza cutter come on and I, and one person said to me once like oh you Americans you just want all your conveniences and oh everything is done for you in America I'm like you're cutting pizza with scissors and trying <laughs> yeah. to tell me I'm in the wrong <laughs> like come on come on did I, you I... lose a war like why are you cutting pizza with scissors what's going on <laughs> 
Yeah. So anyway, oh, it's me. It's not like I haven't come to ter- terms with it, but I have. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Oh, like the bananas on the pizza. Yes. And, all sorts of toppings curry. that should I mean, never be on a pizza. Yeah, Bernays sauce. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend peanuts. really likes the Bernays with pizza. Oh. It's very strange. I like all of those. That's just wrong. I know, but I like it. <laughs> but I will say the reason that I started talking about pizza is because I do love bananas, <laughs> the pizza place. I still haven't been. People have recommended I, that. I think like. I remember the first time I went there when it opened, and that now it's not that recently. It might be five, four years ago. I went there and had a pizza, and I said to the waitress, "Like this is absolutely the best pizza I've ever had in Sweden." Um, not just because it was sliced, though it was, because <laughs> it's still a little bit like a hybrid crust between like American. And there's different types of American pizza, but like sort of a regular medium crust American pizza and thinner Swedish crust. So it's still like a little got some structural integrity stuff, but it's still more of like a thicker, nicer crust. And more they're just of what you're used to as a pizza. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's not it's not really even about what I'm used to. It's just about that I think it's actually better. It's maybe I mean in my t- at least I appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And they're they just do an extremely good job with like interesting pizza toppings that are like well thought that, out that but belong. non-traditional <laughs> yeah yeah like they have one called Bimi which is like a white pizza with like lemon slices and broccolini what is lagrodust in English um sort of like aged cheese yeah and it's like the acid from the lemons really cuts into the like cheese in a nice way that's a terrible phrase i just said but like yeah so i I strongly recommend that place although it's it can be a little hard to get a a place so i probably shouldn't recommend it actually i take it all back (laughs) (laughs) i do the same i have my favorite places and it's like should i say anything because i don't need more crowds to fight over for tables that being said again on the pizza thing i've said a million times how much i like me Mm-hmm. They yeah, opened a new location mm-hmm. on Söder. Yeah, now. I used to live in that building, and I'm oh. half sad and half extremely grateful that yeah. I didn't live in that building mm-hmm. when it opened. I know, because I, I would eat there every yeah. day. I would get so big if I lived above that place. I went the other day. My husband and I went, and it was excellent, just it's like all of good. them. Diego, you my pizza tips? Ti- my pizza tip is going to be a bit different. Close to Bananas... But this one is called Penguin Pizza. Yeah. You know, you know that one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. News, news I don't store. know that. Well, the, the tip is you need to order the American pizza. And it's this, I don't know if it's Chicago style, but it's really thick. It it's extremely style. thick. Mm-hmm. So if you order a medium sized, you won't be able to finish it with two people. It's like a quiche almost. Yeah. It's super, super good. I mean, I like it because then I, with my friends, we just order one medium and we eat four and mm. we still have leftovers sometimes. <laughs> and it's it's all right. It's not um, it's not exactly the type of pizza you describe with bananas. It's just yeah. very normal. I mean, normal as in thick, normal pizza, but it's not it's not Swedish pizza. It's a really different one. And I, I like just because it's, it's copious. It's, uh, yeah. That sounds like pizza. Penguin right. pizza. I mean, I used to, we used to live in Chicago, as I said, and we'd get sometimes the deep dish pizza from this mm-hmm. place in particular called Art of Pizza. I'm almost like shamed to remember eating it because it's like, it really, I'm sure like penguin pizzas is not as extreme. I mean, you, these were almost like hard to lift a slice of the pizza. <laughs> like, they were so heavy and, you know, you would get the one with like mushroom, spinach and cheese mm-hmm. and it would be like two centimeters of cheese yes. in it. But yeah, it was really sinfully decadently great it's from my past but maybe i should check out penguin Mm -hmm. i mean i have had it but i didn't know the tip so that's a good tip thank you so much mark for being on and yeah it was really great to meet you yeah thank you both it was a real pleasure to be here yeah good luck staying safe (laughs) thanks you too (laughs) bye